Welcome to the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast featuring Peter Bell and Nick Fulweiler. This is a show about Christian doctrine for everyone from the historic Reformed tradition, delivered by two friends in an unscripted dialogue. Join us as we discuss how the finished work of Jesus Christ changes everything. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. I'm Nick Fulweiler and I have Peter Bell here. How's it going, Nick? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, this this episode is is actually um, initially I was kind of like, okay, this one's you know gonna be quick and easy. And yeah. as we are unpacking, like this one's huge. This is a probably stems with one of the most common uh, first comments people say when they hear about Christianity, whether they're critiquing it or just don't fully understand faith in yeah no i agree yeah so really what is it the the formal title obviously uh since you already clicked on it you already know is moralism yeah moralism so if you have ever said or heard everyone anyone say um i don't need god uh i think i'm gonna go to heaven because i am a good person yeah this is for you or this is this is going to be good for you to uh, listen to. Uh, we, we're approaching it with obviously love like we do with everything. We're not trying to be judgmental. Um, we're just trying to speak the truth and uh, spread the good news and help you guys out. Yeah, or even for Christians who are still kind of unsure on, like, am I going to make it to heaven? Am I, am I, uh, am I becoming enough like jesus where i'll make it to heaven I'm, am i following his example enough to to go into heaven so this is also for the christian as well mm-hmm. so let's jump right in um so what we're going to hear is a lot of uh good versus being saved so and so the first question i'm going to ask is why doesn't just being good save us and why isn't it good enough for salvation? And why do we need to be saved? Um, so being good versus being saved, being good, kind of how we're defining is, is the works principle, is you doing what you feel like you have to do in order to obtain eternal life. Um, or feeling like, there is a moral example in Jesus that he lived this good life and he was loved by the father. And so you need to live this good life to be loved by the father as well. So you see Jesus as an example um, of the good life of the holy life versus seeing Jesus as the one who obeyed an impossible law that you yourself cannot obey. And so there's no amount of being good because our, our being good as Romans 2 and Romans 3 talks about, our filthy rags, even our good works, are filthy rags in comparison to the richness of Christ. And so being good is lowering the standard of the law because you think you can reach it, um, or of imitating an impossible standard in Christ uh, versus being saved, <coughs> having the obedience given to you that you can't do. And so understanding the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of Christ of the one who you accept his goodness because you don't have goodness in yourself or in myself 
Yeah, and I think it's an element of um, raising ourselves up too much. But I mean, pride could be it, you know, thinking what we bring to the table is more than okay. So it's kind of like an arrogance thing, whether you know it or not. And then it's also thinking or just being a good person is like, is downplaying who Christ is. And it's saying uh, his, his salvation or what he did on the cross was, you know, maybe watered down or meaningless. So as you, as you get deeper into this question and, and uh, clarity by comparison is just going to make you realize more and more um, the gravity and the depth of Jesus and then how small we really are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't really you, bring anything to the table. Yeah, you, uh, you assuming that this is possible, me assuming that this is possible is making Jesus small and making it feel like what he did himself is attainable by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kind of go back to one of my earlier comments from another episode where I said, uh, God did not need to create anything to become any better. He was already infinitely perfect. He didn't yeah. by creating us. It didn't add any value to himself or make anything better. So, so why would we, just being nice, good people, uh, him saying, Oh, you know, come on into heaven. You're, you're a really nice guy. You had no, I've, you have no idea. I have no idea who you are and you have no idea who I am, but you're a nice guy. Come on into heaven. I, I don't think yeah. that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's true. And us being image bearers, us being God bearers, us being images of God on earth as he is in heaven. He's kind of ex extending his glory, multiplying his glory, not saying that we are ourselves great, but he is manifesting his glory in us, and that's glorifying himself um, by virtue of that. Mm -hmm. And to really kind of nip this in the bud as early as possible in this, in this episode is just asking the big question, so what is good? You know, that's a subjective answer because it's based on our culture, our nationality, our gender, you know, so this question and answers outside of God, and mm -hmm. we are our own God, which is the first sin Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve felt to. Yeah. So. Yeah, they tried to say what was good versus what God said was good, and say what was bad <coughs> versus what God said was bad. Yeah, it's it's not consistent. And even right now, like us here in Southern California, United States, what we call good, uh, might not be respectively called good in, uh, another part of the world. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. It's way too subjective. And what we need is an objective standard from the, from a, the creator of all existence of what truly is good. Yeah, and even that uh, perfection. that statement when people say like, "Well, you have your truth, that I have my truth." You can't tell me what is truth by them saying that is giving you a truth statement. So they're telling you something that is true, even though they're saying truth is subjective. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You no. you can't tell somebody there's no truth, right? Because that in itself is a truth. 
Right. Right. There's only one truth. Yeah. Same as good. Where that's what we talked about in a couple episodes ago, where God is saying, "Why do you call me good? There's only one who is good." Mm-hmm. And he's he is like we said in the episode. If you guys want to, if you guys want to go back to it, um, and that's on the Trinity. Um, he is, even though he's not saying it explicitly, he is showing himself to be of the very essence of the good one. Saying so is, if you follow the good one, you're following me. Hmm. Hmm. So, why do you think the world and our culture has accepted being good and moral over the truth of the Bible and needing to be saved? I mean, so what? Why I'm asking this is like, do you think there was a there was a time in history where this took a major shift, um, or has this always been this way? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll have like two different classes of people. There's the saved. There's those who are in Christ, and there are those who are in Adam. Those who are from above. Those who are from the earth. And not saying that we from Christ are any better. It's just we were chosen to be part of His righteousness, His election. Um, not with anything of ourselves to boast about. But I think you have to think about it from the Christian perspective where a lot of Christians assume being good is following an example, following uh, a mirror, following Jesus, in a sense that the things that he did, we should do. But they say that because they want to end up in the same place that Jesus ends up. Um, in heaven and being glorified by his father. But we can't do the same thing that Jesus did because only one person could do the things that he did, and that's him. And we are saved by virtue of believing that his obedience is better than ours, is perfect, more perfect than ours is. Um, And then there's the culture outside of Christianity, outside of revealed truth, Mm -hmm. because there's no truth undergirding their system. There's no, like, standard. There's no standard of good. There's no standard of true. Um, it has to be constantly shifting and shaping around uh, to the kind of majority opinion um, or sometimes the minority opinion, whatever is kind of cool or in vogue for those days, whatever mm-hmm. the like the higher ups say like, oh, this is what we want to follow. This is the good stuff to follow and everybody else has to follow us. But that changes all the time. And so there's there's a historical ignorance with a lot of people who, who don't see objective truth where they don't look back 100, 200 years ago and say like, oh, this didn't work for them. It's probably not going to work for us now as well. And then outside of understanding of there is an eternal home that we are looking towards and assuming that everything stops with the material, that assuming everything stops with this world. Mm-hmm. And so... The good starts like narrowing down to just this world that is just caring for this world instead of understanding like, no, the good is actually like that's the personal work of Jesus Christ who stands outside of this world, but came into this world. Um, and I think that's shifted and shaped around over the centuries and thousands of years and millennia, whatever it may be. Um, but I think it's always been, there's always been subjectivity around truth and what being good is. And I think that's always going to be the case. I don't think today that we're any worse than we were 2000 years ago or 5,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago. Mm. I think the very, very uh, nature of humans is we will always struggle with this until Christ comes back and, and makes all things new. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what specific verses in the Bible speak to this? Like just that just being good or moral isn't, isn't good enough. Yeah. I think we brought it up a, a little while ago uh, under the law and the gospel. I think part one, more specifically on the law, but he, uh, Jesus tells um, the crowd that he's with literally, unless your righteousness, unless your goodness, unless your good works, exceed that of the pharisees and we talked about the pharisees being just absolutely ridiculously sold out to the law and saying we're going to follow every single precept because we assume that this is going to give us eternal life that this temporary land this temporary promises is the only promise not looking towards the eternal heaven Um, and so i think that one's big where he's saying like you can't exceed the righteousness of these Pharisees, I exceeded the righteousness of these Pharisees perfectly. And you have to believe in the one who did this perfectly. And then Paul also gives kind of his resume in one of his, uh, one of his letters saying, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He studied, uh, studied under Gamaliel. He studied under the top Jewish religious law leader of his time. So he knew the law like the back of his hand. We have every reason to believe that he memorized the entirety of the Hebrew scriptures. So all, what was it, 39 books memorized it in Hebrew. Because we, we can kind of assume by the way he writes that he's writing from memory. He's not looking back at a verse and saying, oh yeah, this one matches with it. But as he's writing, he understands the law so well that he writes the stuff out. And so he gives us his resume. It's in, I think, Colossians or Philippians. Um, but he's saying like and even my good works even the things that i've done i count all as loss for the surpassing richness of jesus christ mm-hmm. and so even if the one who studied under like gamaliel in the first century was harvard that was the the top of the top of the top of the top both in academics and what you would call like religiousness like piety like people who were just sold out to the law those are the people who studied under those guys um and so he's saying like you know what even if you think i if even if you think you did reader i did it better i was better i was gooder if that's a word i did everything <laughs> better than you could possibly do and it still all counts as dung literally as poop in the in the greek word it's like it's <laughs> like there's a no better way of describing it like he's literally talking of a trash heap of manure like stinking and burning saying that's what the good works did for me versus the one who came and the one who's bringing us to the new heavens in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a quote here from Leonard Ravenhill. Does that name ring a bell for you? <laughs> like Ravenclaw from Harry yeah. Potter? I actually read that first. And I was like, Ravenclaw, cool. So that's <laughs> what <I was> <laughs> yeah. Which which I did take my Potter more uh, quiz, and I am a Ravenclaw. So oh, dang! We might be enemies. shout out to my cow, my house, right? <laughs> I'm a Gryffindor all the way. Oh, are you? Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, look him up later. I I don't find out who Leonard is, but um, <laughs> he is significant in the uh, theo- theology and whatnot. So they did say. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people saved. Hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that waters down the gospel if yeah. it's just a bunch of nasty people out there that are really rude or even worse, like they're actually evil people. And he just came to be like, nope, I just want to get you morally back in line, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, he's actually like, it's deeper than that. It's to their soul. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not to their flesh. Yeah, that's that's um, Ephesians 1 talk right there. It's a, a dead person can't do good things because he can't do anything. Yeah. Um. So would you be able to recommend any specific books in the Bible? And it, it probably would be the Gospels or even books outside the Bible, which are faith-based, that speak to this really, really well. Or any references or, you know. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would, I would tell people to go back over to the long gospel, the two-part series we did on the long gospel, mm-hmm. and understand what the law requires. Because in order to do good compared to the law, good is not like, oh, you tried really hard. Good job. It's no good according to the law is you did it perfectly. And that's what leads to your good works. That, that's what leads to your righteousness. So I would look over that. Um, some of the books that really helped me understand good works and really helped me understand like what is being good is, um, and I, I have it referenced under the, the notes um, on episodes eight and nine, but it's called, the, it's called The Treaties on the Law and the Gospel by John Kokuhun, and then another one, The Marrow of Modern Divinity by Edward Fisher. And so both of those, they're kind of talking about, okay, so we understand good works and we understand faith, but how do we relate these two things? How do we relate, like, does good works give you faith? Does good works, like, make you better at faith? Does good works help you at all in faith? Um, Like, what is a relationship? And that's kind of like what we're talking about today. And each one of them probably spends two or 300 pages, like, wrestling with these concepts, wrestling with what the books of the Bible says. And it really helped me understand um, what we call in theology, it's antecedent and consequent. So antecedent is what comes before and consequent is what comes after. And we call faith antecedent. That's what comes before. So like regeneration, your, your new heart comes before, your affections, your love, your, your desire for Jesus, your desire for righteousness comes after regeneration so regeneration that newness of your heart comes first and then all of the affections all the good everything else comes after the regeneration again that's compared to the law and that's not we're not talking about like doing good in like society or like feeding the homeless or feeding the poor or giving we're talking about what is it to be good under the law because we can also talk what is it to be good just in like what we call the civil sphere. So think just in America, in your town or whatever it is. That's that's a different definition of being good than what the gospel tells us of being good. And so those, those resources helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's another thing is like just being good, I'd say majority of people or maybe everyone, their intentions, whether they know it or not, are selfish. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. And it, even if, even if, it's like 10% selfish. It's still good enough. Like you have to be perfect. (laughs) So 
even if, uh, you know, like amazing things you could do in your community, even if you're not Christian, which is just like awesome stuff you can do in your community yeah. or in your neighbor, which we all applaud that. We're like, like, absolutely. We're not downplaying that at all. Mm-hmm. But even yeah. with that, you could be like, well, I want to look good or I want to, um, you know, I'm not saying you intentionally feel that way, but there could yeah, be no. thing uh, deep down. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Psychologically. So you might not even realize that you still aren't 100% good, even yeah. if you call yourself good. That's true. Yeah. And that's what Paul says. Everything we do, all the good that we do, if it's not in faith, if it's not covered in the righteousness of Christ, if it's not covered by our confession of Christ, everything we have, even if it has a tint, even if it has a, like the tiniest, tiniest little expression of selfishness or pride is then nullified. It's made no longer good. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, it has to be pure. That was a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads this into this next point I have is, you know, this is probably the most common thing we hear. Um when we're talking to somebody or someone just is mentioning, you know, they're brushing off having needing to go to wanting to go to church or just interest in all they just say, Hey, you know what? Um, if there's a heaven, I know I'll go because I'm a good person. I haven't murdered anyone. I do my best <laughs> to be nice to people. Yeah, I don't make yeah. any laws. I even follow the commands to love people and be a good parent or son or daughter, etc. That's very yeah. common, right? Yeah, no, that's, and like, to be honest too, and I think we need to probably make this more explicit, like that's, that's something you and I still struggle with. Like I still struggle with legalism in my heart. We're thinking like, you know what? I'm not a bad person. Like I, I can, I can do some of these things. I'm not as, I'm not as bad as this person where you start comparing yourself to somebody else. I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'm not as bad as my next door neighbor. I'm not as bad as this person who doesn't go to church as often as I do. Or doesn't give to the church as much as I do. Or isn't signed up for as many ministries as I'm signed up for. Even mm-hmm. those like even those things, that's that's still kind of an entrance of the law into our hearts. And that's something I still struggle with. We're like, I'm in seminary, so I can think, like, well, I'm studying this stuff, so I'm holier than somebody who's not studying this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I'm working harder than somebody else who's not studying this stuff. And like I still struggle with those thoughts. And so we're like, we're not putting ourselves outside of this boat. Like we, like we struggle with this daily. Um, but that's also covered in the blood of Christ. Our struggles, our doubts are still covered in that blood of Christ. Yeah. It's like a different bucket. And like you explained, we, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I don't want people to think that we're being self-righteous. Heck no. Uh, believe me, we do this. We have the hunger for this because like we said in earlier uh, shows, when you kind of have a relate, when you have a relationship with Jesus and you truly feel the the closeness, uh, you your sin feels magnified. Yeah, yeah. And we, I feel like the struggle is even worse. Like, I just really don't. Um, it's you're just more sensitive to it. Um, so believe me, we're unbelievers please know that we're not being self-righteous and even when you talk to christian people or uh, know of them know that they struggle with this too um it's 
And, but here's the point, like you said, we bring to the table, we're like, oh, you kind of put your hands up. You're like, I know I can't do it on my own. That's the difference. We're like, we know we can't do it on our own. We uh, surrender to Jesus and we're on his team. Mm -hmm. you know? So we encourage you guys to just kind of see that, that we're trying to help you see the truth there. Yeah. We're, we're not good because we repent. Right. We're good because we're saved. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not trying to do it on our own. I mean, it is you're you're being a slave to your own sin if you're trying to do everything on your own. It yeah. is uh, really painfully hard to just try and strive every day to just be a perfect moral person. Yeah. I I've dealt I dealt with that like most of my life, just trying to be the best athlete. Uh, just trying to be this not those things themselves are good but you know why was i doing it uh for that intention you know or, yeah and still do yeah still dealing yeah. with it right now yeah yeah um so here's on the flip side here's a here's another really common objection uh, it's yeah. a little more harsh a little more harsh it's more of how could god send good people to hell you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the answer uh and I think it's more of like, God doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves there. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think the question as, I, th I think as honest as the question is, and so somebody who doesn't have an, a biblical understanding of sin or of humanity, it's an honest question. Why would this person seems good? Like I'm looking at this person or I knew this person, they seem good but you're saying they went to hell because they didn't believe in this person. Like all they missed out was believing. And what we're saying is there is nobody good. I'm not good. Nick's not good. Nobody's good. Nope. We all fall sit. We all fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and fallen short. And so because we've fallen short, because we are separated, we have to stay separated because we can't be in the presence of holiness with mm -hmm. sin, with sin not atoned for with sin, not covered in the obedience and righteousness of Christ under the law. Repentance is just a recognition of the fact that we have been saved, that we've been covered. It does not give us the saving power of Christ. It is just recognition that he has already saved us, that he is continually sanctifying us, and he's already justified us, and he will glorify us. Um, and so as honest as I think the question can be, because you look at people in the outward and it's like, that person does good stuff. But again, it's, what is the standard? Is the standard like, oh, they've done good most of their life or is the standard, they have to have been perfect their entire life, never having lied, never having stolen, never even having thought about lying, never having thought about stolen or thought about killing or thought about committing adultery and loving the Lord God with every single ounce of their mind, soul, strength. You must do all of that perfectly, and that's what makes you good. Mm -hmm. Not comparatively, I've done well. It is, I've done perfectly. And that's where Nick said, it's we, by the fact of our sin, have separated ourselves, and we cannot be in that presence. And hell is the eternal judgment of our sin because that's what's required from an eternal being of sin against him is eternal separation from an eternal being. Mm -hmm. 
That's why you need to be born again, because you're not, you're not born, and then you're. It's not flipped upside down where you're born, and <laughs> you're automatically going to go to heaven, and then you fall out of grace. Yeah. Yep. It's more of like we are all doomed from the get go, and you need yep. to be born again. To be yeah, born. that's true. And the 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 word that you're referencing, born again from john 3 when jesus is talking to nicodemus and the word can be translated both in the greek from uh it can be either translated born again there's room in it for that or born from above so it's made up of two words and it's it's kind of like the word for not heavenly but like eternalness and um like from somewhere so it's like you have to be born from above, literally born of heaven, born of heavenly seed, born of, of heavenly righteousness. So not just, oh, I have to go back into my womb again, which is what Nicodemus asks Jesus, because he doesn't an- understand kind of the thrust of the question. Where he's like, I, I have to enter back into my mother's womb? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, this is, this is righteous, righteous birth. This is not birth that you yourself have done. This is something that was done for you. Mm-hmm. yeah we're all literally all underlying all we're all in equal need of jesus yep and no matter how morally good you are uh great of a resume you are awards how famous yeah. you are or how evil you are we are all either sinners or saints yeah that's true so yeah, and I mean, Paul says that, like like I talked about earlier. Paul, like, try to compare yourself to Paul because Paul's got a better resume, no matter what. And then Paul, lit- like I said, literally says, it is like a trash heap of poop burning, and you can smell it from miles away. That's what I got compared to the righteousness of Christ. Right. We have nothing compared to Paul. Yeah, who are we to tell God what good is when we, you know, he's been around for eternity and call it the cosmos. Um, how, how do we distinguish what's just subjectively good in our culture and what we need to do to be objectively saved? Yeah. And so I think this kind of gets into what I, um not reference but i foreshadowed kind of talked about a little bit before and it's it's understanding good in terms of like heavenly righteous good perfect good and good in terms of like society good and so you can do good in society you can give to the poor you can serve you can volunteer for food banks you can volunteer animal shelters and stuff and and that be considered good and hebrews tells us um, I think it's towards the end of Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 12. Um, anything done outside of faith is sin. Anything done outside of literally like outside of the atonement, outside of the righteousness of Christ is sin because anything you do of your own is going to be sin because you can't do anything of your own that matches to the perfection of Christ. Right. And so when we talk about um subjective versus objective we have to think am i like as a believer it's not consciously thinking like oh i'm doing this for the good of christ it's because you're a believer because you've been purchased 
because you've made, been made righteous by the obedience of Christ, that makes your works good. That makes your life sanctified for Christ. You are not the one who sanctifies your life. You're not the one who tries to do good. You do good because you're saved. And on the opposite end is a non-believer who no matter what you do societally, no matter how much volunteering you do, how much money you give, how much you post on social media, how much you try to fight for good causes, which are great temporarily, but in terms of eternal good, it does nothing. Mm -hmm. It does nothing compared because it's not covered by the obedience of Christ. And so we're not saying like Christians can do more good or Christians can do outside of the obedience. It's Christians do good because they have been purchased, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and just when it goes to on the outside looking in, when you're looking at like the 10 commandments or something, a lot of people can easily say, Oh, uh, heck I'm like a really good person. Uh, (laughs) but when we look at the B attitudes and when Jesus was speaking to them, it really illustrates that God knows our heart, our intentions, our secrets, our motivations, and how we inherently break every one of those 10 commandments. Yeah. Yep. Or even like, not just specifically break, but we do them, but we don't do them all the time or perfectly. Because he says, not just don't mess up. He says, do it perfectly all the time. And that's what goodness is. Would you be able to, I mean, there's only 10 of them, so it can't be too hard, right? (laughs) With each 10, with each 10 commandment, could you quickly like connect that to the Beatitudes? Yeah. Um, so I think the best way to do it, or else it would, it would take a while, but the best way to do it is, is condense them how Christ condensed them um, mm-hmm. in Matthew 19, which is love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, heart, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So usually that's the stuff referenced by people, or they'll say like, oh, just love your neighbor as yourself. Like that's the golden rule. A lot of non-believers or Christians will say like, I, like, I love my neighbor, or that's that's kind of like the... That is the utmost of being a, a good person. And with the Beatitudes, what Christ is talking about is he's not giving us like a moral code or saying these are the things that will happen if you do this. And that kind of goes into Proverbs as well, where he's also like using some, some sayings that were pretty well known. Um, <clears throat> but what he's also saying too is these things I'm telling you in Matthew 5 to 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, these things are true of heavenly citizens these things blessed are those who are poor for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven and he's not talking about poor as in like literally financially poor he's talking those who know that their obedience those who know that their righteousness those who know that their goodness is poor and so they look to the rich one they look to the one who richly obeyed who richly gave who richly did all for righteousness sake and when you look at the one who is rich, that's what gives you your inheritance. Not just saying like, oh, I'm poor, and now I'm getting this inheritance. He's, he's pointing out like this is, a, this is a gospel kingdom believer. And I think in the Ten Commandments, what they're doing too is they're pointing. Moses is pointing like, you can't do this. Again, look to the one who's going to do this in the future. Look to the mediator who's coming. Look to the mediator who has done this for you. And I think it's interesting too, 
the love your Lord your God with all your mind, or uh, what, uh, when um, in Exodus where it says, love the Lord your God with your mind, soul, heart, and usually it's like it's translated strength. The strength in Hebrew is not actually strength. It's translated a little bit strangely in Exodus. It's actually like exceedingly. It like it's it's an intensifying noun. And so it takes the three adjectives that it just talked about. So mind, soul, heart, and it like intensifies those three things. So it's not just like do them well. It's like freaking do them like insanely hard. Like just go for it really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's really really intensifying it. Like the Beatitudes do it as well. Yeah. And I mean, just for a couple commandments off the top of my head is like uh not having any idols um not worshiping any other gods but him uh you know we we hear bible stories and read the bible and the golden calf or something like that and we're like how could people do that we don't do that these days that's crazy or or pagan gods and things like that but we do it just as much or more than they do i mean there's oh yeah there are other idols like money and um other culturally you can make a huge list i mean we are very much in an idol culture right now yeah and if you think about how moses and the israelites would have understood idols what they thought of idols was like in a not, a, not in a necessarily bad sense but they would have thought a physical representation of a spiritual thing and so it would have been like something we can grasp onto something that we hold and our understanding is the deity that we're worshiping whatever god that is that we're worshiping can only work through this image and so they're saying like they're classifying and they're categorizing this deity and saying he can only do his power through this thing that we created and so it's like um it's like a vessel that the that the god works through instead of understanding no this god is infinite this God is a being that is infinite, that is powerful, that is omniscient. And they're trying to box him into this little thing and say, he only works through this. And so we have to understand that's, that's our heart too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then when he says to not murder. Yeah. I mean, a vast majority of people will say, oh yeah, I've not murdered anybody. But if you've even had hatred towards somebody. Yes. Yeah the attitudes that you've really committed murder in your heart yep and we're not saying that peter and i are like oh shame on you guys like we obviously are no, it's, yeah it's shame on us that's something we've yeah we are we've broken all these commandments too i mean and continually we've broken them even after confessing faith yeah that's that i'm so happy you brought that up it's not like we become Christian and then all of a sudden we're these holy people walking around yeah. and, and pointing our fingers at people. No, um, we, we just, like I said, we struggle with sin just as much or more than anyone else. Yeah. We just have an identity, not in ourselves. It's in Christ and we follow him and love him. So, yep. Um, so why are not all Christians obviously nicer than non-Christians then? Yeah, and this is um, this one's hard because it's goes to that like outward morality stuff where it's mm -hmm. as hard as it is to kind of grasp our minds around. Being a nice person does not mean you're Christian. 
being a giving right. person does not mean you're Christian. Yes, it usually like kind of flows out of your Christian identity, but when people start equating, oh, he's a nice person, he's probably Christian, they're adding, so you must confess Christ and also be a good person, be nice in order to be Christian. Instead of saying literally all it is in reformation theologians reform guys get called like oh you got too much grace in your system it's because like we have so much like sin under the law that we have to have this grace well if we didn't have this grace like i wouldn't be a justified saint i didn't do anything to 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 deserve this it's there's a lot of times where i'm not as nice as non-christians there's a lot of times that i am rude i mean most of the time i'm rude or most of the time i'm not nice or the easiest person to be around but that's not what gives me righteousness that's not what gives me christ's perfection that's not what gives me jesus obedience niceness and all that stuff flows from that record it does not give me more like like verifiable record it's it just flows from it so it's it's hard but it's that's not like an identity factor of Christianity. It's a, this comes as a fruit of Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what stage of sanctification somebody's in, which we're not going to be perfect and great and everything until yeah. in heaven. So yeah, we're still, you know, struggling around earth, you know, trying to figure it out, but um, not on our own, obviously. But yeah, we have good days and bad days like everyone else. Yep. Um, we're, yeah, we're no different. If you look right. at a Christian and non-Christian, you are no different in any discernible external, like just acts or deeds way. There's no difference other than this person has been bought by the blood of Christ. This person has been given the record of Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make him a better person. It just means he's under Christ, who is that mm-hmm. better person. Versus a non-Christian who's not under that better person, who's not under that perfect person. They can be the same nicest, they can have the same, like, jobs, they can have the same families, they can have the same, like, income, they can have the same volunteer experience, everything. And there's one difference. One is bought by the blood of Christ and one's not. Mm -hmm. And here's the hard truth. I mean, it's just based on my experience. Uh, I, I have met people that are non-believers don't affiliate with church at all probably agnostic that are wonderful very nice amazing people and i have met people which i'm uh, have to assume pretty sure that you know they confess their life to jesus and they're christian and they are really uh not the most pleasant people (laughs) yeah I, I so like you know uh, just take that with what it is. Don't don't go into joining a church like thinking that it's gonna be uh, automatic utopia. You know you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, and that's Christian life is not a life of victory. It's a life of somebody obeyed for you, and so you have that sure deposit of your eternal home. Mm-hmm. Um. I got a, I got a couple quotes here. Yeah. Um, I know we're kind of okay on time, so I'll kind of speed it up. But uh, we're doing good right now. Um, 
Here's one. Nasty people, if they make any attempt at goodness at all, they learn twice as fast that they need help. It is Christ or nothing for them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that quote? Yeah, Christ nothing means Christ's life, Christ's what we call in theology his active obedience, which is his earthly obedience under the law, following all that he was called to do under the will of the Father, and then his passive obedience, which is um, his his um, his work actually physically on the cross so dying for our sins resurrecting as the vindication as the um as the father's pleasure in giving us his obedient record through the spirit um but because of that like knowing he's done that for me like like that makes me want to do good but not because i know the good is going to give me anything it's just like i have been given so much i want to give not in return, but because that I've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this fountain within me that I can give, but I, if I have no Christ, I have no fountain. I have no like inexhaustible riches, inexhaustible confidence that my eternal security is there. And so um, that's where like, you know what? I can be prideful, but I still have this obedience. And so for me, it is Christ or nothing because that nothing is like, that's my own works. That is nothing. Um, it's no good in the long run. Nobody's going to remember Peter Bell in 100 years. Nobody's going to remember Peter Bell in 50 years or 10 years or whatever it may be. Um, that's that's perspective we have to have. This is not this is this earth is not all there is. This life is mm-hmm. not all there is. But I think when I yeah I agree. And then uh, but the underlining point to that is talking about nasty people like really just rude mean people uh whatever the word nasty you can come up with is i think what it means too is that they can make it easier comparison they're like i'm living a really dark uh unhappy life Mm -hmm. um and i think when they are introduced to the gospel it is so overwhelming and different um it's yeah, like, and like it can be for them too. But even if even if it's not for just like a your average person who was not quote unquote nasty before, like I guess their their experience of that conversion doesn't have to be radical for it to be true. Right, right. But like here's the flip end. If uh if you're a nice person, if virtue comes easily to you, beware. Much is expected from those much is given if you mistake for your own merits what are really god's gifts to you uh through nature if you are contented and simply being nice you are still a rebel and all those gifts will only make you your fall more terrible your corruption more complicated your bad example more disastrous the devil was an archangel once his natural gifts were as far above yours as yours is above a chimpanzee. Yeah, I think, I think kind of at the heart of that quote, if maybe I'm getting this right, is um, we have been given this revelation. We have 
the Bible, either at her fingertips or non-Christians have it um, on the internet, have Christians around them, whatever it may be. But the more revelation, the more um, character of God that has been revealed to you, the greater is your judgment at the heavenly throne if you're not inside of the obedience of Christ because you've been given this is who God is. You've been revealed or he has been revealed to you and you have either shunned it or whatever it may have been, um, which could like could have been some virtue or saying, I want the, the gift and not the giver. I want the things, but not the one who gives the things. Um, but the more that's been revealed to us, the more that is expected of us as well, being realistic with what the gospels and what the, what the New Testament says and the, and the talent parables where the more that is given, the more that is expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you believe and confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, no matter what Christian denomination you're in, you are saved. Yeah, or like, no matter who you are, no matter what good or bad you've done or what good or bad you continually do, you're saved. And yeah. that might seem radical to a lot of people where they assume you have to show that you're a Christian in order for them to see or believe your faith where that's not christianity christianity is very simply belief that the obedience of christ is given to you for no price other than your confession Mm -hmm. and you could um it might not be super obvious to the world you might uh uh, serve christ quietly um you can never do you might never do a good thing you may never speak again. You may never do anything ever publicly ever again. Only ever have evil thoughts. Only ever have like bad thoughts. And your confession of Christ covers past, present, and future sin. Right. And this is where it gets a little bit um, kind of tricky is, yes, that, that's true. Absolutely 110% true. However, also, when you truly are saved and um, have a relationship with him, truly mm-hmm. your fruits will come to um, good action. Yeah, uh, yeah, they will. That's I mean, not that natural, those yeah, yeah, it's a natural consequence, but that gets reverted. People saying, in order to prove your Christianity, you have to do fruit. But it's because of your christianity you will do fruit not a proof it is a natural outgrowth mm-hmm. uh next quote here uh we must not suppose that even if we succeeded in making everyone nice we should have saved their souls yeah. a world of nice people content with their own niceness looking no further turned away from god would, just, would be just as desperately in need of salvation as a miserable world and might even be more difficult to save. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would agree wholeheartedly with the quote, you can be a good person, you can lead other people to live good lives, but if you have not led them to the law, show them their sin under the law, and say, flee to the one who obeyed on your behalf. Trust him, confess with your mouth, and believe with your heart. That is the only way a good person becomes saved, or else good people will be in heaven, 
or we'll be in hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're not saying stop being a good person. Like that's definitely not what we're saying. Like, please, please, please keep being a nice, good person. We all need that in this world. But what we're saying is outside of a relationship with God means nothing. It it, will. And on top of that, it's so burdensome. It is heavy on you. It is, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I personally am kind of more of a perfectionist and type A person. So I know those um, oh, yeah. people out there like with my type of personality can know this, that it's just every day is exhausting to try to just be really um, put on a good performance, uh, be good at everything you do. And it's yeah. heavy. Um, so when you say, when Jesus says, uh, uh, I, I lift your burden. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's also what it means is like, oh, you mean like my identity is not in all this like me, like it's in you? Okay, cool. And I can enjoy still being a nice person mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of being stressed about being a nice person. Yeah, yeah. Being nice will transfer from being an end in and of itself to I have these inexhaustible riches in Christ. And so I have the fuel, I have the desire, I have the, the gratitude to do good. Mm-hmm. So hopefully um, we're kind of wrapping up now and hopefully we're making it clear that um, this is like really a popular thing is moralism, which yeah. is really kind of disguised in, unfortunately, a lot of churches. Oh, yeah. And I know the American Gospel series is really good about kind of pointing that out, um, just so people are aware. And, you know, um, God's not a genie in a lamp. (laughs) No. Um, And I know even, like, there's some verses in the Bible that could seem out of context, very contradictory and confusing. Like even the book of Proverbs, if somebody doesn't take, doesn't understand context and reads all of Proverbs like it's universally the same, they're going to think that, oh, I need to have more faith to make more money right now versus what it really means since that specific verse I'm talking about is like, you're, you're going to be riches in, or in heaven. Yeah. And so. I think a lot of this uh, health and wellness and prosperity type of uh, moralism. Yeah, a lot of moralism. Yeah, really confused things for people. Um, I don't know if you have any more. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's good, and it's it's a scary thought. But I mean, this this is what I'm saying. All, all of this, what we're hoping is, it drives you to Christ. It yes. drives you to His goodness. It drives you to His righteousness. Because when I do say, like, good people, good in the sense of, like, they did societal good. They gave, they volunteered. Good people, what we think of good people in this world, will be in hell. Not because they didn't do enough good. That's not the case. It's because they weren't covered in the one who was good. They weren't covered in the obedience. And we will see, quote-unquote, bad people in heaven. But that's not because they did a little bit more good or because they like were mistaken into heaven. It's because they've been covered by the blood of Christ. They, 
understood where they stood under the law. They understood their bad works. They understood who they are outside of the mediator Christ. And while we may not see it, their new heart, their new affections are there. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not be readily apparent to us. And that's a big thing like being a part, if you're a Christian, of a gospel proclaiming church that does not tell you at the end of the sermon to do this, to do that, to pray more, to get closer with God out of your own effort, or to do good and God will accept you. Or if you pray more, Jesus will honor that with X, Y, and Z. But being a part of a church will will proclaim to you the law and saying, Christian, you were purchased from the law. You were purchased from under this crazy burden that you could not fulfill yourself, no matter what good you did, no matter how much you gave, no matter how much you volunteered, no matter how well you were thought of by your parents, by your friends, by your workmates, no matter how much money you made, no matter how much you loved your wife, your wife loved you, no matter how much you loved your husband, how much you loved your kids, none of that matters. All that matters is at the end of the day, you understand your sin under the law. You understand that there was only one who perfectly fulfilled the demands of the law, who was that good one, and who covered you in, in his obedience, his righteousness. And that is what gives us rest. That is what says, you know what? I don't have to be a good person to be in heaven. I'm a good person because of that good person, because Mm. of the true good person. Um, Mm -hmm. That I can image his goodness, that I can image his his righteousness. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like hearing that message every week, hearing the the preacher, hearing your friend say and repeat every week the gospel, repeat every week. The law leading towards the gospel, being a good gospel proclaiming church, not a do this, do that, do more volunteering, do more volunteering. And none of that's bad, but it's all an end in itself. It does not lead you to the Christ. Christ is the one who did it all for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, yet you answered the question at the, that we wrap up with is can you please tie this theme into the gospel? And I think if I ask that question again, You'd kind of be repeating yourself. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did a good job. Uh, and not that this is totally related to the theme, but kind of a, um, something that I personally don't know how to take um, is when people uh, say the word religious or are yeah. you religious or they're all about like, and I never know how to really – answer that and i know they probably don't mean it in a negative way because that's all they know how to describe it is like yeah. oh I'm religious and it makes it seem so much work and it's like yeah. um i always kind of just reply like i wouldn't say i'm technically religious i just have a relationship with jesus and i i have an outlet of a true proven religion to get me to my relationship with jesus but that's the another thing is like I think a lot of like quote unquote nice people, good people want to check it off the list that they go to church that they can call themselves religious. Yeah, I mean um, that's and that's hard because I think our culture has loaded the term religion with so much baggage. Just like mm-hmm. I mean, being honest, um, the term gay 50, 60 years ago meant something very different than it does today. 
Um, I think the same could be said of religion, where it meant something very different a hundred years ago than it means today. It's it's loaded up with a lot more. Um, and in some senses, I would say, like if somebody asked me, are you, are you religious? I would say, yes, I'm religious, because I have their attention at that point. And I like I know what they're thinking, and I can yes. correct some of their some of their understanding. I can correct the misunderstanding that they have, which can lead to a really good conversation. Versus, I think sometimes when you say, or at least for me, sometimes when I say, "No, I have a relationship," it doesn't like it doesn't catch like the fullness true um, of what I think the gospel shows us. Because yeah, and it's just it's it's correction. It's just saying, well, you know what? Yeah, it has been loaded with some really bad stuff but let me let me let me show you let me prove to you from the scripture that this is this is what it means cool okay to wrap that up um message to good nice moral uh squeaky clean people out there uh the bad news is uh you aren't <laughs> squeaky clean. Uh, the good news is uh that you can ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. And where we're coming from is that one of my old pastors would say, uh, we're like beggars telling another beggar where to find food. So look, we're, we're know where you're at. We understand uh, we're all on the same page. Um, for mean, nasty people out there. Hey, J Jesus loves you just as much. Uh, you may have an easier time even <laughs> having Jesus mm -hmm. himself to you and seeing that difference and, and uh, being um, kind of introduced to gospel. So, yeah. And you may not see it immediately. You may not see it ever. And that's, it is a fruit of faith. It is not a, um, it's not a qualification of faith. Uh, it's not a, sometimes not a radical experience. You will have days where you are mean and nasty. You will have days where you're perfectly kind. Um, all of that comes with the background because being a Christian is not being good. Being a Christian, like we said at the beginning of this episode, is being saved. Yep. Cool. Well, I think that is good. We will uh, wrap up and catch you guys next time. Thank you so yep. much. Like, review us, find us, ask us questions if you guys have it. All the links are in the notes of the episode, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Mm -hmm. Peace out.